Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day as we're in our third year of a three-year journey through the Word of God. I'm Jason Van Bemmel, the pastor of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and we're in Isaiah 43 today. We're in this wonderful, beautiful section of Isaiah right now and uh, continues today. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this section of your word. It's powerful. It's life-giving. It's life-changing as we see Jesus because he's our savior. He's the one we need. And here he is just clearly portrayed for us in these chapters, hundreds of years before he came. And, and we can be encouraged and strengthened as we read your word, which is living and active. So make it alive to us and make us ready to receive it. Teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you, I give men in return for you peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, Do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, Bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears. All the nations gather together, and the peoples assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right, and let them hear and say, It is true. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. And you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God, and henceforth I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work. And who can turn it back? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans in the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in mighty waters who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? 
I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they may declare my praise. Yet you did not call upon me, O Jacob. But you have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with offerings or wearied you with frankincense. You have not bought me sweet cane with money or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices. But you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us argue together. Set forth your case that you may be proved right. Your first father sinned, and your mediators transgressed against me. Therefore, I will profane the princes of the sanctuary, and deliver Jacob to utter destruction and Israel to reviling. It's Isaiah 43. It ends on a rather sober note, but yet one with great hope as well. Hmm. There's no one like God. There is no other God but him. There's no one like him at all. Who created us? We didn't just make ourselves. We weren't the result of some chance accident. It wasn't just the will of our parents that formed us in the womb of our mothers. God created us. And if we are God's people, it's because he's redeemed us and he's called us by name and he's made us his own. And so God has a double claim of ownership upon us, the claim of a creator and the claim of a redeemer, the one who made us and the one who saved us. This is, if you know the story of Pinocchio, right? Pinocchio is in many ways a Christian allegory. Pinocchio was made by Geppetto. He was loved by Geppetto. And yet he wanted to seek out freedom away from Geppetto. And so he runs away and he gets himself into all sorts of trouble. But then Geppetto goes and saves him. And they even get swallowed up by a whale so that there's a death and there's a resurrection before he becomes like truly human at the very end, right? It's, it really is kind of a Christian allegory. Um, Geppetto has the right of, of being Pinocchio's maker and his redeemer, his rescuer. God has that right for real, not just allegorically, but for real on us. And he could do anything he wants to with us. Is his right. And yet he's gracious to us. Hear, hear the grace in this chapter. Whenever we're in trouble, God's with us. He's with us as the Holy One of God. So passing through waters, through rivers, through fire, through flame. I wonder if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember them from Daniel? Of course, you know that story, but we were just in it a few days ago. I wonder if they had this promise from Isaiah in their hearts when they said, to Nebuchadnezzar, our God is able to rescue us. Because it says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned in the flame. 
shall not consume you. I wonder if they said, this is the word of God. I'm going to trust it. Do we? When we go through things that seem overwhelming to us, do we trust that God is with us so that we won't be overwhelmed or destroyed? God ransoms us. He talks about giving Egypt, Cush, and Seba, but ultimately he gives his one and only son in exchange for us. And so God says to all the world, I have people in every land. It's two ways of reading uh, verses 6 and 7. I say to the north, give up to the south, do not withhold, bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the earth. One way is to look at this is just talking about diaspora Jews. In other words, Israelites, Jewish people who have been scattered all over the world due to conquest and exile, and they're going to be gathered back into the land. That's one way of looking at it, but I think that's really just kind of a preview of what God is doing now in the gospel. And that is God has a people called by his name, created for his glory among every tribe, tongue, people, and nation in the world. From the far reaches of Indonesia and the Pacific Islands, Sub-Saharan Africa, South America, Northern Europe, Eastern Asia, North America, all over the world. And God says, they're mine. I'm going to gather them together. And ultimately, we're going to be gathered together at the wedding supper of the Lamb. That's going to be the ultimate in-gathering where we praise God forever and ever. But even now in the gospel, we're being gathered into the church, which is the true Israel in the world today. Bring out the people who are blind yet have eyes, who are deaf yet have ears. That's us in our natural condition. In Isaiah 42, God was talking about his own people that way, but that's us in our natural condition. God creates us with sight, but we don't see the fact that he's He's revealed himself in, in creation. He's given us ears, yet we don't use them to listen to his voice. So God says, God says, listen to me. I'm not like the idols of the nations. I'm going to declare what comes to pass. And you are my witnesses. Verse 10 is for us. You are my witnesses. If we've heard the word of God, if we've read it, if we've studied it, if we understand it, we believe it, we are God's witnesses to declare. Look at what God has done. There's no one else like God. There's no one else like God. There's no other resurrected redeemer. There's no other one who's died for our sins. There's no other one who provides redemption. There's no other one who fulfills prophecy. God alone is God. We are his witnesses. We are to proclaim the truth about who God is to the world. The world doesn't want to hear it. The world never has wanted to hear it. But we are to proclaim. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I send to Babylon... Bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans. See, here's where I think he's talking in this first part of the second part of Isaiah, the first part of the second part of Isaiah, about going off into Babylon. Because God's working. God, Why ultimately did God send his people into exile into Babylon? We talked about this in Daniel. The same reason why he does everything, for the glory of his own name and for the good of his people. Because he knew that in Babylon, they would be his witnesses. 
and they would speak the truth about the one true God, and that even the rulers of Babylon would hear it. Through Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the most powerful people on the face of the earth heard the truth about the one true God. It was for the glory of God among the nations, but it was also for the good of his own people, because there in Babylon, they were broken of their idolatry. So when God sends us hardship and trial and difficulty, it is always for our good. Usually he's breaking us of some idol. It's also for his glory that we would testify to who he is. So in our trial, we are to testify to who God is, to who God is and what he's doing in the world. And what he's doing in the world is he's taming the wilderness and he's giving drink to his chosen people. This language about making a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, the wild beasts will honor me, the jackals, the ostriches. This is the untamed wilderness of the world that doesn't know God. God is sending out his gospel. He's bringing people in. He's bringing people in to declare his praise. And then he has a hard word for his people at the end here, and that is, you know, the people of God do not give God what he deserves. God deserves our best, but instead we give him our sin. We need to hear this, I think, you and I, this morning, now. God deserves our best. He deserves the first fruit of our time, of our treasure, of our talent, of our affection, of our loyalty, of our investment. He deserves the best. Yet so often what we give him is our sin. We repay his generosity with selfishness. We repay his faithfulness with faithlessness. We repay his grace with wanton, selfish sin. But he says, I, I am he who blots out your own transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. And it's not because of anything we've done. We haven't earned it. But because for his own sake, because of who he is, God forgives. And that is the gospel. And that should just cause us to be humble and quiet and to say, yeah, there's no other God like God. No one else who does such great things for us. No one else who is so good. Let's pray. Oh Lord, thank you for such grace. You do deserve the best because you made us and you redeemed us and you call us by name and we are yours. Everything we have belongs to you because it's all come from you and it's all for you and for your glory. Forgive us for when we are sinful and selfish and foolish. And bind our hearts to you in love and loyalty today and always. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Well, that is Isaiah 43. Uh, tomorrow, I think we're going to go back to the Psalms and pick up Psalm 106, which if you're paying attention, we skipped it, but we're going to come back to it because Psalm 107 was just such a great fit in the midst of these chapters. Anyway, I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.